Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. 1234 in Edmonton, Bob Stoffer in Buffalo, the Oilers and the Sabres tonight. Here to tell you that guests on the show receive guest certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue and tell Chris and Chef Eltaf that Oilers now sent you. Roos Chris, uh, Chris now open Tuesday through Sunday from 5 until 10 p.m. Just before we go to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline and hook up with John Shannon, I want to read you a text on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Here it goes. I'm so tired of this need a save nonsense, says the texter. I watched the game Saturday and saw Jack Campbell make 10 or so quadruple A saves that go in on most goalies in the league. The texter adds, fourth goal against is on him, but the first, second, third, fifth, and sixth on the skaters in front of him. We've seen it all year, regardless of who is in net. When the team plays a full 200-foot game, we dominate. When we don't, we have these type of games with both Skinner and Campbell. So why do we keep expecting them to be that type? Saturday's game was not on Campbell, regardless if he takes the blame like a good teammate. That one comes to us uh, from Andrew, who says Skinner and Campbell are not Flurry and Price and Vasilevsky, and they're not supposed to be. Um... I would tell you that, again, according to Money Puck, Jack Campbell right now is 93rd out of 95 goaltenders this year. Let's find out what John Shannon has to think for legacy heating and cooling. Home of no interest and no payment for a year. Legacy heating and cooling. That's how you build a legacy. John, uh, you know, there's conversation points last week. It was all about the NHL trade the trade deadline. The Oilers had two really engaged and good performances against Toronto and Winnipeg. That game Saturday night was highly entertaining. It was there for the taking, but a missed opportunity. How much of that is on the goaltending? What do you think? Uh, that's a good question. By the way, I, I actually would add the second half of the Boston game, uh, Bob, as well, on the Monday night, because I, I thought that set, set the tone for Wednesday and, and Friday. Yes. Um, but I, I guess my answer is I, I almost... I almost want to agree with that last text because I thought Jack made some really good saves uh, at key times, and yet uh, the frustration is, and obviously the the book is out. You know, Jack plays the game in such a manner that uh, deflections are his his uh, Achilles' heel, um, and I, I thought of the, the 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 goals that he gave up. I thought there was one he should have had back, and the others I think were were team team mistakes as much as anything else. Uh, he's you know, and Jack's Jack's now in this mode of taking all the blame. Uh, I don't know whether that's what he feels he needs to do or what he should do. Um, but what I would say is I, I just don't I just don't think that um, he's as bad as the the critics are making him, uh, and he probably hasn't been as good as some others have said he was when he was in that eight game streak. So he's somewhere in the middle. Uh, All right. His his style yeah. is such his style, Bob, is such that um, when when a goal beats him, he doesn't look very good. Well, all right, so let's get to it. The first three goals were all off deflections. Ryan McLeod, who tonight, today, found himself 
you know, playing left wing with McDavid and Drysaddle, like in the warm, or sorry, with uh, McDavid and Hyman, it was Clem Costin on Saturday in the warm up that was with McDavid and Hyman, and that ended up being a healthy scratch. Now I think Ryan McLeod's going to play tonight, but he needs to get going. But someone lost Mark Scheifele alone in front on the first goal against the second goal against Dayharnay got a piece of it on the deflection. And Zach or uh, Jack Campbell did not track it. Uh, the timing of the third goal against was poor, but again, a deflection in front of Lynette. The fourth goal was horrendous. Like, Capo Bianco, that's just a bad goal. The fifth one was going wide, and he got a piece of it with the blocker and put it back in his own net. And at that point, you're thinking to yourself, is this guy going to make a stop at all? And the irony is, I guess, John Shannon, is the Oilers touched up Connor Hellebuck in both games. Mm -hmm. They got one of the league's best goalies for nine in two games. And the fans are looking at Edmonton and hoping they can reel in a a Pacific Division crown. Um, They do need more saves from him. They need to play better in front of him. Is that a cop? I think that's exactly right. I think that's, in a nutshell, is that can Jack be better? Yeah, he needs to be better. But uh, he did, he wasn't getting much help on Saturday night. He, there were some times where it was a pr- pretty pretty loosey goosey in their own zone. What did you think of Bukestad? I thought he was fine. I thought he was good. You know, doing what he was supposed to do, winning offensive faceoffs, winning faceoffs is good. Is going to be a big part of playoffs. Going to be a big part of of situations, and he can do that. Um, I, and I think I, I think anybody of that size and that reach has to be a, a positive. So I, I thought he was. Uh, I thought he came across on on Saturday night as an asset. So yeah, it was fine. Matthias Ekholm's averaging 20 minutes a game. He's plus six in his first three games with the Oilers. Your thoughts? Here's the other thing about Matthias Ekholm that I started to really enjoy. Um, he's not afraid to join the rush, is he, Bob? He is not afraid. Well, Johnny, he's he's had five thirty-plus seasons. Like you know, there were, there was there was that two-on-one with Connor. Uh, I must have been in the must have been in the in the second period. The two-on-one with Connor, where um, it, it, it Connor elects to shoot, and I think, it, and I'm, I'm maybe I'm just putting my own uh, my own take on this, but I think he looked up and was shocked it was a defenseman <laughs> on the two-on-one. But yeah. you know, put it on the stick, and it might have been in the net. But uh, Connor elected to shoot, which you can never argue with Connor shooting anyway. Uh, but that, to me, uh, I love the way this guy plays the game. I love the way he played in Nashville, and more than ever before. Uh, hopefully, games like uh, Saturday night for the Oilers won't occur with him trying to calm everything down in his own zone. John, I want to do this just for a second, and you can play along. I mean, we have you on the show lots. I'm going to bang off some text because there's a lot of uh, thoughts coming in on Campbell, and you can intercede at any point that you'd like. Typical Oilers Network looking for an obvious blame as Bob is oblivious to what is going on. Was it back-to-back against a tough team with a world-class goalie? We can't win all of them. Good game, boys. 
this team has the stuff. Again, that text on the uh, Ashley Five Floors text line. Mike Smith performed much better last year than Jack Campbell this year. Uh, I'm here to tell you, I was joking around with somebody the other day, uh, saying Mike Smith has become more popular with each and every passing day. Uh, and part of that has to do with the fact that he hasn't given up a goal in, in you know, 10 or 11 months. John has texted us to say, Bob, what is John Shannon talking about? You read the stats. He's 93rd out of 95 goalies. That tells you all you need to know. Uh, he's been poor. That comes to us from John. Again, those stats are courtesy of Money Puck, and the statistical category is goals saved above expectation. And Jack Campbell's at minus 20. I yeah. know that Jack would be the first. And that's one statistical barometer. That's one statistical barometer. Uh, this texture says Jack plays on his knees way too much, and uh, hence the tip problem and over over pursuing uh, the puck across the crease. Okay, apparently we've got a goaltending guru out there. This text comes in from Lee. Campbell's only job is to stop the puck. He's not there to score, coach the PK or the power play. For anybody to say the goaltender is not a fault when five or more goals is allowed in an NHL game, they clearly do not know as much as they claim to know about goaltending in the NHL. Stop the puck, Campbell. Do the job that you were paid money to do. Uh, so there's a range. We have some people saying you're being too hard on the goalie, and then you have other people saying, no, this right. guy's got to stop it. Um, it's... <sighs> You know, and, and John, I've got other people saying the orders have to contemplate buying him out. I mean, we are way too early for that. There, there's an entire chance that he does pull it together here in the final quarter of the season. But it is a little bit disconcerting. That being said, I don't think the team played that great in front of him either. It was a strange, it was an odd hockey game. You know what I mean, John? Well, one team one team needed to play with urgency and you know if you uh, I do as much work in Winnipeg as I do in Edmonton and if you had heard the calls in Winnipeg on you know Friday and Saturday uh, there was no doubt that Winnipeg was on the, the cusp of being eliminated from the playoffs you know so the panic in Winnipeg and the pressure on the Jets was much greater than the pressure was on in on Edmonton um, and 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 the players understood that particularly after being embarrassed as the Oilers did on Friday night in Edmonton you know that's not a bad hockey team they played on Saturday night there are and some lost good, five in a row. There, there are some pretty good hockey players on that team players that other teams covet so you know that's that's the other side of this story i i you know would, could Campbell be better yeah Absolutely, but I don't think he had. The, I don't think he had very good team defense in front of him, Bob. Period. I think and, that's fair. and that's and that and that's the one. That's the thing. If you look at the Boston game, if you look at the Toronto game, and you look at the first two periods of the Winnipeg game, it was there. The team was there. defense was there. You know, I don't care who's playing goal. The team defense was there. So it, it's. And by the way. Goals. What's that? What's that stat? Uh, goals over expectation. What's what, what? What is that? Goals saved above expectation. Yeah. Who's expectation? 
<laughs> well, that's always, I have this with David Staples all the, while, all the time because he comes on on Wednesdays for the Cult of Hockey and he does scoring chances. I'm like, those are your scoring chances. Yeah, I mean, your, and, and, I mean your identity of what a scoring chance is versus, and is there a bias because you're an Oilers, you know. Right. He tries not to be biased on it, but I'm thinking, I'm looking at those numbers sometimes and I think they favor Edmonton too much the way, and I've said this to David, so he's not, you know, this isn't the first, I, I, I love the work some of the guys do. Kurt Levins um, has a, a unique feel for things in his, his, you know, Sunday nine thoughts that comes out. But, you know, there again, you just said it. Who's, and that's why I quoted the actual source, which is Money Puck. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the, only reason, the only reason text- I asked that is if, if, if we played the games based on goals over expectation or under expectation, why would we play the games? I'm not, I, yeah. I'm not an analytics guy. I, I admit that. But, you know, the one thing that statistics don't put in play is the human aspect. There's a hu- We play the game because it's human. And hockey is a game of mistakes, period. Um, so I, I, there's some of the stuff, you, you can cite every statistic in the world, uh, you know, uh, and, you know, I may win the game because my guy made the right save at the right time, period. That's why face-offs are really deceiving to me, John. I prefer guys that win offensive and defensive zone draws. I don't really care that much who wins a neutral zone draw. All right, I want to read you another text because it's another aspect of the game on Saturday night. And Haji has texted us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Bob, I missed the post-game presser. Did anybody ask Woodcroft what was his motivation to sit Carson, uh in a back-to-back home-and-home when game one ended with a physical tone. Leaving Nurse as the lone pugilist did not make sense to me, says Haji. I initially thought Costin must be nicked up, but it seems that was not the case. As three of the Jets' goals were deflected, perhaps uh, more toughness and assertiveness in front of Lynette might not have been a bad idea. There was also some liberties taken on Leon and Connor, which Darnell did try to reply for, but having Costin taking liberties and Shifley and Morrissey might have been more appropriate. I know in hindsight is 2020, but what did uh, Woodcroft think uh, adding was more important to the game than what he knew that Costin could bring in? Well, what he added was Nick Bugstead. Costin is in tonight. That's my expectation that he'll play tonight. Uh, I, I think that's an interesting point that Haji makes. About the, t- there was some stuff, and I don't know if you saw it, John, on the TV, but three separate times in that game, Josh Morrissey was given that little sort of greasy, you know, sort of cross check, stick yeah. check to guys' backs. Did I did you see some that. of that on? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I noticed it. I don't. I don't they, think they really. They were they, they were playing like an upset hockey team, John. They were angry. Oh, Obviously, there's no question you know, about it. Well, they were angry and embarrassed. And, and yeah. you know, and, and they had something to prove that uh, you weren't going to come into their building and, and push them around. But I, I thought Morrissey on McDavid, I, there was more than one time, Bob. There was more than yeah. one time through the game, and that didn't include the uh, that didn't include the uh, the man line and hip check in the corner uh, that they were trying to target Connor. But you could see Connor a couple times grabbing, you know, where uh, where the hip pad was to say, "Oh, that kind of that kind of was a bit of a stinger." Yeah, but I, I did. It was crazy. That. Yeah, yeah. No, no. And, you know who they hey, missed in that game, John? They missed Evander Kane. That would, that would you beat me to it, but that's one of the things that you got to hope that Kane comes back next week. 
uh, and can contribute. Yeah. And and that's you know the the, oh. the Costin one's an interesting one. I I think he's been a a, a pleasant surprise, and I think it's physical. Pleasant surprise. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be nice. Well, I, I know you like Doug Armstrong, but I'm the dummy that went on air, and I mean. I, I actually had this conversation with a couple people in hockey ops. Like, well, let's get this right. They're trading their Russian player that doesn't look like he can play full time, and they want Sam Marukov, who's a Russian D. That you know, are these guys both going to end up back in the KHL? And right now, every person listening to the show that cares about the orders is like, we got to sign Kim Costin to a longer term extension here. This guy's been pretty useful. That trade, I mean, I don't know if that trade could have worked out any better, John. I agree. He's 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 the guy that when that when the trade was made on the draft floor, um, if you remember, Doug traded Ryan Reeves to Pittsburgh in order to get Pittsburgh's pick, and he took Costin yes. with that pick. This was the player that Armstrong was drafting. The way he's playing the game now, this is what he expected out of him in the in the draft it, to to contribute to the Blues probably in two to three years since the draft, but it just never came to fruition. The Oilers gave him a chance to play, and he's flourished. I actually think he could score 15 to 20 goals without power play time, without first unit power play time. Hmm. And that is hard to do. I don't think the average, you know, I mean, we're privileged to work in this business, John, on a day-by-day basis. It's hard to be a double-digit goal scorer if you're only playing 12 minutes a game, this guy's at double digits. I think he could get 15 to 20 in a season with virtually no power play time just because he's got a real good shot. He goes and he sticks up for his teammates. So I hear what Haji's saying. I might have been inclined, and I, and this is where they miss Evander Kane because we saw Evander Kane flipped the script on the, on the Calgary Flames in that series. Sure. He, I don't care if Matthew Kachuk had a hand injury. He got in the head of Calgary's top players. So let me ask you this, Bob. You know, this team, uh, Kane comes back. This team uh, is in the playoffs. There's actually going to start be start to be debates about who's going to be the top 12 forwards for the Edmonton Oilers. And this this oh, yeah. this radio show is going to start to be in, phone, uh, be in calls and texts about why is so-and-so sitting rather than so-and-so. It's going to happen. Oh, yeah. It's going to happen, and that's you know what they talked about getting depth, and they've succeeded at getting some depth at the forward uh, in the forward group as long as Evander Kane can come back and be healthy. Well, I mean, that, you know, Kane skated this morning. I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility he plays Saturday in Toronto, and he might be up with McDavid and Hyman, and then you got Nugent Hopkins with Drysaddle and Yamamoto, and to me that would put Fogel back with McLeod and Yanmark. Mm-hmm. And then you'd have Costin uh, with Bukestead and Derek Ryan with the extra forward being Devin a guy Shore. by the name Devin Shore. But back skating in Edmonton uh, each each morning is a guy that's dealing with a shoulder injury right now that they were hoping was not going to be a six-week thing. And that's going to be Dylan Holloway. And I can see Dylan Holloway once once we get to the playoffs. There's no salary cap, John, as you know. Dylan Holloway played 50 games. He was a salary cap casualty. It's the only reason why he was sent down when he was sent down. So, mm-hmm. well, there to you get go. more minutes. He needed to get, get more minutes. He needed more minutes until he well, got. Unfortunately, there. he only played the one game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
no, no, you're right. Uh, it, it's so. it's going to be it's going to be fascinating to see. It, 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 and and Costin, I'll tell you what, uh, Fogel's done a good. By the way, the Fogel trades worked out, and the Matthias Janmark trade. Uh, that what, getting Janmark to me. Boy, oh boy, oh boy! You know, key, there's lots of things, John, that have worked out. Yeah, there is absolutely. And you know what's crazy? Linus Allmark last year had didn't have the greatest numbers coming over from Buffalo and Boston. He's been unreal this year. And that's who the orders are going to see Thursday. So goalies can bounce back too. Great stuff. Uh, you're going to join us Thursday. We'll be in Boston. Are you going to that game in Boston? Or are you going to? Because you're not coming in for this one today, are you? <laughs> I, I, I still might get in the car and drive down tonight. So. All right. It's, it's well, 53 minutes from my house, Bob. Uh, it's 57 if you stop off at the liquor store. Well, some of us don't necessarily need to do that before the game. I didn't say before. I just said pick some up for me. <laughs> you know who used to do that all the time? We'll tell this story one day, but you know who used to... That was part of the the daily routine. If you're are you coming on the trip? Yeah, well, make sure you stop. That was what Bob Cole needed. Bob Cole always needed to eat a stop and get some Captain Morgan for him. So, Captain Morgan's. Well, he's <laughs> not the only guy that I know that likes his Captain Morgan's. There's a guy that's part of but our not, broadcast crew that. Does by the way, stuff. not uh, not any of that flavored stuff. Just just old fashioned. No, Captain no, no. Morgan man. Dark. There we go. Awesome, John. Thanks for the time. Cheers, Bob. Cheers. 12.55 in Edmonton. We'll take a step out. You're listening to Oilers Now. All right, all right, all right. It's 12.58 in Edmonton. It is time. Let's do it. Oilers Game Day Trivia brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. It's located in Edmonton on St. Albert Trail or online at ProAmSports.ca. Here we go. Up for grabs, a $50 GC from ProAmSports.ca and bragging rights. Dylan Cousins is the best player out of the Yukon of all time. There aren't a lot of them in the NHL. 23 goals this season. Name the former Edmonton Oiler and Alberta Golden Bears, who is from Whitehorse, Yukon. Dylan Cousins, one of the few players out of Yukon to make it to the National Hockey League. Name the former Edmonton Oiler and Alberta Golden Bear, from Whitehorse, Yukon. And it was a while ago that he played. Uh, off to a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson. And when we come back, uh, we'll have your answer in a sit-down conversation with Oilers defenseman Matthias Eckholm. This is Oilers Now.